0: Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. If you'll take out your copy of God's Word this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and uh, I want to give you two Words to highlight and to circle, and I want you to to connect these words. I I I feel like this week that God showed me something, um, a connection that I haven't seen before, and I'm excited to share this with you this morning. I'm excited to preach this word. Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning at verse 1 says, Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, there's that word again, I keep telling you that multiply is connected to occupy, and you will enter and occupy. So circle that word, occupy, that's our series, that's been our yearly theme. Occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, and here's what I want you to connect it to, is the first word then in verse 2 says, remember, says remember, see, I I believe that there is a deep and a profound connection between occupy and remember. Or let me say it like this. I I believe that there is a connection between your destiny and your memory. So let me follow that up with, with a question. Can you control your memories? little bit of a loaded question, because honestly, I think you could kind of go at this from, from either angle. So let me go at it from the angle of, uh, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know if that I can control my memories. Because I think the argument for the no side would go something like this. Uh, number one... Your past has already happened, right? So unless your name is Marty and you know a guy named Doc with crazy hair who's building a DeLorean time machine, you probably like you're, it already happened, right? So how can, Doug, how can I control what has already happened in the past? And then the second thing would be how many of you memories just pop into your head? Like you didn't ask for it. It just, Like, there's, there's the memory, good, bad, or otherwise. So I think there would be that side that says, I don't know that I can control the memories. And yet, and yet I think what the word of God is teaching us, because here's the, here's the interesting situation. It's not like bad things hadn't happened to the Israelites. All right. Um, now this is the second generation. So they've been wandering around the desert for 40 years, but they are one generation removed from slavery in Egypt. Not a pleasant memory, right? Um, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that that 400 years of slavery would have included physical abuse, uh, probably emotional and mental abuse, maybe perhaps even sexual abuse. They were one generation away from their ancestors just being delivered uh, from the crossing, uh, over the crossing of the Red Sea, and then they turned to idols and paganism and idolatry worship. They 're one generation away from their leader being a murderer they 're one generation away from lack of faith're all of these, all of these things, all of these negative circumstances had happened in their life and so um, you may not be able to choose every event that you draw from in your memory, but I want you to watch this. God tells them to remember certain things, and here's what I want you to understand this morning is that you have more power over your memory than you think you do. Those thoughts, I want to preach this this morning to the person who's struggling still from the memory of when your spouse left you. I want to preach this message to this morning to the the person who has gone through a trauma in their life, and the images of that trauma are keeping you from sleeping. I want to preach this this morning to the to to anyone in this audience who wishes uh, that there are events in your life that you wish there was a life control z button that you could just ah undo undo un, undo and so those events are real, but how you choose, you do have power to control how you remember those events. You have power over your perspective. And so let me explain it this way. Um, Remember the, the memory game as kids? So you had like 10 cards or 12 cards or 18 cards. I think the and you would, choose, you, know, you would flip two of those cards over and you would try to get matches. And then you would try to use your memory to get the matches. And, and I think that somehow we may, have, we may have chosen the wrong memory game for our kids. Because there's like 50 cards in our memory game. It's terrible. Like there's so many cards you don't want to even set them up in orderly rows. And so they're scattered all over the place. And, and, and here's what I've found that it's very rare in the game of memory... It's very rare that you accidentally win in memory. Can can I preach that to somebody this morning that it is it is rare if not impossible that you will accidentally you got listen you've got to choose your memories. You have more power over what happened to you in the past than you think you have. And it's all connected to the power of memory. And your memory is connected to your destiny. How you manage your memories affects how you influence your destiny. And as you reach back and begin through the power of the Holy Spirit to access control over your memory, you will begin to influence your destiny. Are you ready to learn how? you're ready, say let's go. Number one, let me give you nine points. I'm going to preach these fast. You can whisper a silent amen to yourself with that statement. Number one, number one, here's, here's things that God wants us to remember. Number one, never forget what God brought you out of. Verse 14, make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God, your God, the God who delivered you from Egyptian slavery. There's some of you that that you shouldn't be here this morning. That That disease should have killed you. That addiction should have destroyed you. The path you were on should have led you to jail. That divorce should have put you under. That financial situation should have left you in the dust. And yet here you are saying, thank you, Jesus. Come on, is that your testimony this morning? That you're here by the grace of God. Number two, never forget what he led you through. Verse 2 says, remember, I love this, it says, remember every road. How many of you have been down a few roads? How many took some detours that you didn't mean to take? You thought it was a shortcut and it was a detour. How many of you have been down a few roads and those roads had a few more potholes on them than you anticipated, a few more speed bumps, but can I tell you this morning that God says, remember every road. God doesn't waste a road in your life. There's not one road that you've been down this morning that is wasted. Every road in your life has a purpose, and every road that you've been on in your past will lead to your future. Come on, somebody thank him for some roads this morning. Never forget what he brought you out of. Never forget what he led you through. Number three, never forget how he pulled out of you what you didn't even know was in you. I love that. I'm using the message translation this morning. And I love the phrasing here in verse 3. It says, pushing you to your limits. Testing you so that God would know what you we're made of. It's one thing to thank them for the good things. How about thanking them for the test? How about thanking him for the thing that he allowed you to walk through, that pulled out of you things that you didn't even know were in you, a wrestling coach that pushes you to the limit. You didn't even know that you had that in you, that you're thankful in the tournament, that you had a coach that believed in you more than you believed in yourself. You're thankful for a coach who in practice said you got more because when it came to the game, when it came to the match, you had more. Aren't you thankful for a God that just didn't leave you in your complacency that he pushed you a little bit and pulled out of you can I can I introduce a new word can I introduce a made-up word you are you are anti-fragile tell your neighbor you're anti-fragile tell them that's a word pastor said it's a word you're anti you're anti-fragile so let's walk through what I mean by anti-fragile so you got you got fragile right if you have, fragile is like what you would put on if you were moving, and you were moving the china in your kitchen. So, china is that stuff that you don't know what it's for, and and you put, it, you put it in a case that you don't know why you spent the money on that case, but it's fragile, and when you put it in the box, you're wrapping it in paper, and you're wrapping it in bubble wrap, and all of those things, because if... Negative circumstances come against something that's fragile, it's going to break. Sometimes we treat our lives like we're China. You're not. You're not China. Treating your kids like they're China. They're not China. It's okay. Let them take the let them take the wagon down the hill. They'll they'll survive. Some of our kids, the most daring thing they've ever done is ride to the mailbox without their bicycle helmet on. They're going to they're gonna make it, all right? They're going to make it. <laughs> when I was a new dad and Camden was working on a Friday, I heard a, heard a thud in the other room. I'm like, Cade, you weren't on the floor, buddy. He's like, I don't know, two months old, three months old. Did I ever tell you that? All right. (laughs) I was a new dad, I was a little nervous, but I found out like, boys got bounce in them. You got bounce in you. You're not fragile. Stop avoiding every tough thing that comes your way. You're not fragile. Stop treating the devil like he's going to take you down every day. You're not fragile. So then we think, well, okay, maybe the opposite of fragile is robust. So, so robust would be maybe like the picture of a, of a rock at the ocean... And the waves are pounding against it and the storms come against it and basically, and I get over decades and over uh, centuries that that rock will wear down, but, but basically a rock is kind of indifferent to, to negative circumstances coming against it. But can I tell you that's not what you are. You're not you're not fragile and you're not robust. You're not indifferent when negative circumstances come against you. See, the way God made you is that when negative circumstances come against you, you begin to grow and thrive. And so you are not fragile, you're anti-fragile. So a picture of this might be like a, a, a plant that is blooming or flowering in the desert that when the when the heat comes, when the scorching sun comes, and when the, the rains stay away, and when the predators will come around it, and, and when all of those negative things. There's a, there's a Latin phrase that goes something uh, like this it, it, it says, Ingenium mala sepe movant. It basically translates into, difficulty is what wakes up the genius. Let me give you a better quote by your grandma. She said, Character is built through adversity. You're tougher than you think. It builds character. You are anti-fragile. Now, I don't know if you believe that. Stand up. I got I to speak this over somebody this morning. Go ahead and stand up all across this place. Can I encourage? Can I listen, you are tougher than you think you are. The fire and the heat that is coming against you is only going to make you stronger. The negative circumstance that the enemy is bringing against you is going to make you tougher. There are things in you right now that you don't realize are in you. And God is using what the enemy meant for evil to bring out good in the name of Jesus. You are anti-fragile. Come on, give him praise that you're anti-fragile. Now, before you're seated shove your neighbor and tell him you're tougher than you think. (laughs) Now apologize to them and say the preacher made me do that. controlling our memories you have you have more power over your memory than you think you do number four never forget how he fed you never forget how verse three says this he made you go hungry now let's pause right there because that may be a little bit theologically disturbing and in fact if I didn't read it out of the word of God I don't know if that I'd believe that but I'm, I'm looking like this is not my notes. This is just straight out of scripture. Verse 3 says, he made you, God made you go hungry. So if that's true, let's, let's think about that. Why would God make us go hungry? Well, we got di- we to dig a little bit. In order to understand why God sometimes allows us to go hungry, we have to go to Numbers 11 and and, and dig into the background of this. So Numbers 11 verse 4 says this, Then the mixed multitude who was traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. By the way, cravings are contagious. And so that's why you got to be careful who you hang around because you'll begin to crave what they crave. And then it says, and the people of Israel also, also began to complain. By the way, complaining is contagious. That's why you got to be careful who you hang around because you'll find yourselves complaining about the same things that people around you are complaining about. And then it says, oh, oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all of the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone and all we ever see is this manna. Why would God allow them to go hungry? Here's why. Because they were out of Egypt, but their cravings weren't. God had set them free from bondage, but they were still craving the results of their bondage. Hello? So that relationship that you were in made you physically sick, but you're still craving that relationship even though it's over. That those, those substances that you were on to control your mood almost, almost sent you into a tailspin. And yet you find yourself craving the effects of those substances. And God loves you so much that he will allow you to walk through a season of hunger. So it not only gets you out of Egypt, but it breaks off the cravings that you used to have while you were in Egypt. When you go on, when you go on these, you know, when you go on these these diets, and you know, um, the first, you know, the first part of those diets are difficult, right? Because because why you find out that you crave things more than you thought you were. Like the first the first thirty days of the whole thirty is is pretty tough. <laughs> but once you hit that thirty-first day, you're. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you go off sugar, you didn't realize how much you crave sugar. When you go off bread, somebody put on Instagram this week, everybody hating on bread. Jesus didn't say he was the broccoli of life. He's the bread of life. Every, everybody hating on bread. All the carb lovers in the house said Amen. But you didn't really, so, so sometimes, sometimes we don't realize our cravings. So God, listen, some of you are walking through a season where you're a little bit hungry. That's a good and godly season because God is changing your appetite and he's taking away the desires of Egypt because he has bread and milk and he's got honey and he's got a land that's flowing ahead of you and he wants you to crave your future sure more than you crave your past. God's allowing us to walk through the season of hunger. Deuteronomy 8, then he fed you with manna, something neither you or your parents knew anything about. I believe that some of you are getting ready to step into a season where God is getting ready to provide for you in ways that have never been done in the history of your family. God's God's that creative. God can make up. He can make something up. He can give you an idea, and you never had that idea before. So that you would learn that men and women don't live by bread alone. We live by every word that comes from God's mouth. Do you know that there is no calorie content, fat content, sugar content in the Word of God? It's all lean protein. Eat all you want. Like, keep going, keep going back, keep going back. If you're hungry this morning, keep going to his word. Keep going to his word. And then when you feel like you're full, keep going to his word. Number five, number five, never forget how he provided for you. For all these 40 years, verse four, for all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Let me translate that this morning. Translation of that is the Israelite mother's wore mom jeans for so long they came back in style it means that the israelite te- teenagers tight rolled their acid wash jeans for so long they came back in style see see this is the part where this is the part where you need to get excited that that mean teenager that keeps telling you to put that stuff back in your closet, just say, I'm ahead, I'm ahead, I'm like 30, press through, press through, it'll come back in, it'll come, just keep, just keep going, wear it till it's cool again, go ahead. (laughs) Clothing didn't wear out, and then it says, and your feet didn't blister or swell. That's a miracle right there. Some of y'all can't get to the airport gate without stopping for a pedicure in the middle, walking to gate E, whatever, in Charlotte Airport, and your feet didn't blister or well. God provides for us. Number, number six, never forget what he protected you from. Verse 15, the God who led you through that huge and fearsome wilderness, those desolate, arid badlands, crawling with fiery snakes and scorpions... What about the things in your life that God protected you from that he didn't even that you didn't even realize that he was protecting you from? What about the car accident that you never even got in because God sent a traffic jam that you got mad at, but it slowed you down because you were driving too fast and you were angry, but God was protecting you. Come on, give him praise because he protects you even when you're mad at the circumstances. Israelites are thinking in their lives, all the the scorpions, all the snakes, and they're thinking, man, what, God protected me from scorpions and snakes? I didn't even see a scorpion or a snake. Exactly. God God has protected you from things in your life that you didn't even know. That, that That angel came around from the left guard position and busted that demon in the chop so hard you didn't even see. But we just walked through but we got to remember we got to remember to thank him for the things that never even happened to us we got to remember to thank him we got to remember we got to never forget number seven never forget how he quenched your thirst thank you so much for joining us here at cfa church it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home for more information about this community or to find out how you can connect Simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.